allowing me and Kingwood Church into your home this morning. We really do appreciate the opportunity to minister today or, or wherever you happen to be. We are physically apart today, but I want to assure you that our hearts and prayers are with you. Our prayer team, in fact, is standing by live and waiting to pray with you. They've been praying about this moment all week. So at any point during this service, if you have a prayer need, if you'll just post it in the comment section, uh, our prayer team will meet you there either on YouTube or on Facebook. Uh, if it's a private need, you might want to just say, I have a private prayer need, and our uh, prayer team is ready to meet you through Facebook Messenger, and they can pray with you there. So we're just really glad that you came to be a part of our service this morning. Also, I want you to know today is Palm Sunday, which means this is Easter week. This is the time that we remember uh, all the things that Jesus did the last week of his life. Starting tomorrow morning in our morning devotion, we're going to be looking at what Jesus did each day. So I want to ask you to join us for our devotional. And then on Friday night, we're going to have Good Friday communion service right here online. Um, so if you'll go ahead and prepare for that, if you'll just get some juice, uh, bread or crackers, maybe a candle, and if you want to dress in black, this is the day that Jesus died. We're going to have a communion and worship time like no other, so I hope you'll join us here at 7 o'clock. And then, of course, Easter uh, will be online again, uh, and we're actually going to add something new. We're going to have two services this Easter Sunday morning, so 9 and 10.30, you can join us for either worship service, and I hope that you'll take an opportunity to invite a friend, to uh, sh share this service, and invite somebody to join us. A lot of people are hurting right now, and this would be a great time for you to just give them some hope and encouragement. And our Easter service is really going to do that. So um, I, I hope that you'll take the time to do that. Now this morning I want to talk to you just for a few minutes um, about the environment that we're in. And, and I want to give you a word of hope and encouragement today. Uh, you know, this is a crisis that has put pressure on us probably like no other event any of us have ever experienced in our lifetime. What, what, are we going to, what are we going to do? That's the question. What are we going to do about all this? And a few weeks ago, I started a series called Jesus, Man of Hope. And I want to return to that series today, both because we're getting close to Easter, and that's what Easter is all about, is Jesus, and because Jesus offered hope everywhere he went, and there's never been a time that we need hope like now. So that, that's where I want to start today um, talking about the man of hope. Now, most of us have had the question, or maybe all of us have, do I have COVID-19? You, you've probably asked yourself that question. I've asked myself that question. Uh, you know, it, it is kind of a little funny. I mean, not totally funny, but a little bit because it's pollen season, it's flu season, it's bronchitis and pneumonia and common cold and everything else. And I don't know if you've had that moment like I've had before where my throat's a little scratchy or, you know, I sneeze and I go, uh-oh, I wonder if this is how it starts. You know, I wonder, I wonder if it's actually taken a hold of my body and I just don't know it yet. And, and uh, depending on your level of health, that can go anywhere to uncomfortable all the way to just downright frightening. You know, is there something invisible working in my body that I'm not aware of? Our, our awareness has just shot through the roof. We're so much more aware of what we touch and, you know, if we sneeze and all of that. Well, there's a story in the Bible about a man named Zacchaeus, and he had begun to have that self-awareness about, hey, I wonder if there's something wrong 
inside of me. I wonder if there's something going on inside my life that I can't see. Now, Zacchaeus was an outcast. He was a tax collector. So let me just try to put in modern terms what that actually would look like now. Um, He collected taxes from people, and he actually benefited from it. So imagine for a minute that your tax collector uh, was an American who worked for North Korea. And that American who worked for North Korea would come to your house and collect taxes, and the more money that he got from you, that he collected from you in taxes, the more he would benefit. How would you feel about a person like that? Well, probably the same way we all would, not very good. Well, that's how everybody felt about Zacchaeus. Now, Zacchaeus didn't have a physical crisis, but he was in the middle of a crisis of the heart. Sometimes it takes a crisis for you and I to really begin to see more clearly. Can't you see that happening all around us today? Can't we see more clearly than we saw even just weeks ago how, how all of us are really the same? I mean, today, there aren't black people and white people and Hispanic and Asian We're all alike. There aren't rich people and poor people. COVID-19 can attack anybody. And it's clearer than ever that we're all just people. We're all really more alike than we are different. Also, isn't it more clear how fragile we all are? I mean, think about it for a minute. After all the systems and the medicine and the technology and the economy and the government and the structure and all the things that we've built, and you're telling me the best strategy we have against this virus is, hey, everybody just stay as far away from each other as you can get. That's humbling, isn't it? It is humbling. Crises teach us and allow us to see more clearly that we're really not as strong as we thought we were, and we really do need God more than we thought we did. You've probably seen the same pictures and videos that I have. Doctors and nurses and people in medical buildings and medical facilities uh, kneeling and praying and singing and politicians and leaders from different parts of the world kneeling and praying. I'm willing to say there are people today who are praying who didn't even believe in prayer a month or two ago. What happens? Crisis helps us to see more clearly how much we really need God. So in Luke chapter 19, verse 5 and 6, I just want to read to you a little bit of Zacchaeus' story. Now, Zacchaeus was a short guy, but he was so hungry to know who Jesus really was, he climbed up in a tree because he heard Jesus was on his way through his town. And he climbed up in a tree so he could make sure and see him directly and get his, you know, learn as much about him as he could. Luke chapter 19 says this, When Jesus reached the spot, He looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. Now there's a few things I want to point out this morning from that scripture. First off, isn't it interesting that Jesus called Zacchaeus by name? He had never met him. They didn't know each other, but he called him by name. I think that's an important thought for us today. Did you know that Jesus knows your name? It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how far away from God you've been. It doesn't matter what the last month has been like. It doesn't matter how much you hurt today. Jesus knows your name. And then this verse says that Jesus actually invited himself over to Zacchaeus' house. That's the only time in Scripture that ever happened. Jesus just invited himself over. 
So this morning, what can we learn from this man of hope? I just want to share two things with you today. If you got something to write with, maybe you want to write these down. Number one, Jesus wants to meet you personally. Now here's what I love about that. As I've already said, Jesus called Zacchaeus by name. He already knew his name. There weren't hoops to jump through. There weren't you know, particular religious things that you had to do to get to God. Jesus erased all of that and made a clear path to God. God's not hiding from us this morning. He actually wants to meet with you personally. I can remember uh, when I was just out of high school, I worked in a hospital. And although that was very different than you know, this environment, I was surrounded by sick people. I was surrounded by people in a crisis. I did not want to be there. I never wanted to work in a hospital. I worked there because I didn't have enough money to go to college, and I had to find a job where I could make money and save and go to college. So even though I didn't want to be there, let me tell you what I learned. Most of the time I spent in the hospital, I was alone. I was walking the hallways from one patient room to another, and oftentimes long hallways, and then I drove for a while, and I would drive for long periods of time with nobody else around. And you know what I learned? I learned in that time that Jesus absolutely wanted to meet with me personally. And actually, that's one of the few places, maybe two or three places I can name in my life, that's one of the key places I learned how to pray. And I learned even more about God because I learned that God wanted to know me personally, not just through other people. Now, maybe today you're listening to this and say, you know what? I've never had a prayer life, or, or maybe I haven't prayed in a long time. I want you to know Jesus wants to meet you personally. Or maybe today you say, you know, I had a good rhythm I was in. I was spiritually growing, or I, I had a regular meeting time with God. But to be honest with you, this crisis has just thrown my rhythm all out of whack, and I'm, I'm struggling to know how to meet with God now in this new normal. Well, however you got there, can I just give you a few tips this morning that have helped me more than anything else to respond to God's desire to meet with me personally? Here, here are a few of them. First, just start small. You don't have to try to read a whole chapter of the Bible, a whole book of the Bible. You don't have to try to pray for 30 minutes. Maybe, maybe you only need to read one verse. Maybe you only need to pray for five minutes. It would be so much better to pray five minutes a day and do it most days than it would be to try to really fix this thing and, you know, go a long time and then quit. So I want to encourage you, start small. Another thing is make this first. So maybe you don't even have control over your schedule right now and you can't, first thing you get out of bed, just pray or read your Bible. Maybe you don't have that option. I would say it like this. Just make your meeting time with God first whenever you have control over your day. So whenever that is for you, make it that first priority when you have the option. Um, also, if you miss three days in a row that you were planning to meet God, something's not working in the time you were planning. So just, just alter the time. And then here's the other thing that's been very helpful to me. Take something to write with. I use a little app on my phone and, because in this environment, my mind is spinning 100 miles an hour. And so when I go to pray, it's like I haven't had time to think. So everything that I haven't had time to think about when I go to stop and slow down and be quiet just rushes in and fills my mind. And that robs me of my prayer time. 
So what I do when I pray is I take a, an app on my phone and I just tap out the thoughts that come flooding in so I can get them out of the way so I can actually connect with God. One, one other thought about this. If you're feeling guilt or pressure in your meeting time with God, you are misinterpreting an invitation for an obligation. This isn't about checking the box. It's not about being religious. It's not about earning your way into God's presence. What this is about is God has provided for you a place of peace, a place of joy, a place of life and hope, and he's invited you to come to it. it it's just that simple. I know it sounds oversimple, but that really is what he did. So I want you to know today that uh, some of you have spent a lot of your life gaining and gleaning spiritual food from other people. And this is really a time where God, I think, is trying to say to you, I don't have any second-hand children. I don't have any second-hand relationships. I want a first-hand personal relationship with you. Because you, if you're a Christian, you are a son or daughter of God. And now is the time for you to reach out and connect with him and understand that he's always wanted to meet with you personally. And now's the best time to learn that because we're more disconnected in many ways than we've ever been. At Kingwood Church, we really want to help you meet with God because we absolutely believe with all our heart that God wants to meet with you. Now, here's the final thought, okay? First, God wants to meet with you personally. And, and the second thought is, Jesus wants to transform you. If you'll look back at the story, Luke chapter 19, we'll read verse 8 through 10. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor, and if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house. Do you know what Jesus was able to do when he went over to Zacchaeus' house and sat with him? And he was likely there for a day or two, maybe three. He was able to show Zacchaeus that his real issue was not what was around him. It wasn't that he was cheating people. It wasn't all the bad things that he had done. His real issue was a heart issue. What was going on inside Zacchaeus, something was missing. And that's what Zacchaeus had just become aware of, that something inside of him was missing. Now, we know that Zacchaeus' life was changed. How do we know that? Well, there's a few ways that we can begin to see changes happening inside by what happens outside of a person. When a person has significant change in the way that they relate, talk to, and talk about other people. When a person has significant change in the way that they spend their time or the way that they spend their money. Or a person has significant change in, in, in the way that they make decisions. Then something is going on inside their heart. And you can absolutely see this in Zacchaeus' life. What we just read, Zacchaeus said, I'll give half of my possessions to the poor. So the way he began to think about, he, he thought about people before as people by which he could get something from. Now he started to think about people as people by which God had empowered him to serve. That's a gigantic change. The other thing is he said, I'll give four times back whatever I've cheated. A 400% return on everything I've cheated people out of. This is absolutely a dramatic change. And it all happened because Zacchaeus noticed that there was something inside of him 
that just wasn't right. I wonder if you're watching today and maybe you're watching this on a replay. And as we're just talking, kind of that idea of the COVID-19 virus. You know, I wonder if there's something working inside of me and I just can't see it outside yet. Maybe, maybe, you, maybe this crisis has given you the opportunity to see inside your heart more clearly. And maybe you're seeing today there's something missing on the inside of you that, that you don't know how to meet. I've got good news for you today. I believe what that missing thing is, is a real relationship with Jesus. And, and it's not about joining a church. It's not about being a part of an institution. It's not about doing what makes other people happy. It's a personal relationship with Jesus who knows your name. And so today, if you're just becoming aware that something's missing, if this crisis is helping you to see that there's something inside that's just not the way it should be, I want to give you an opportunity this morning just to pray and, and to just respond to the God who already knows your name and to invite him into your heart. So wherever you are right now, if you want to close your eyes, you can close your eyes. If you want to repeat this prayer out loud or you want to repeat it in your heart, if you'll just follow me this morning as I pray with you, what's going to happen is God's going to absolutely meet you where you are. And he's going to fill your heart and he's going to transform you. So would you just pray with me? Dear Jesus, I thank you that you know my name. I thank you that you want to live inside me and forgive me of all my sins. So I ask you to do that this morning. Move into my heart. Move into my life. Wash away every sin. Fill every empty part of me, the part that's been missing. And God, help me now to start a new relationship with you today. I want to have a real relationship with you today. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to be the first one to tell you, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it in your heart, congratulations. You have begun a brand new, real relationship with the God who knows your name. If you just drop in the comment section on Facebook or YouTube and say, I prayed to start a real relationship with Jesus. Uh, all we want to do is uh, give you a link that will help, help you, help connect us to you so we can give you the information that you need to walk this relationship out. It is a relationship and it does take some, uh, some effort and some intention on your part to walk out. And we just want to encourage you and help you to do that. Now, for those of you who are watching who are believers and you say, you know what, if I'm being honest, I haven't prayed in a long time or I haven't prayed much. Or I haven't even, you know, maybe you were regular in your meeting time with God and this whole crisis has just thrown you off. I want you to know something from the bottom of my heart. God knows your name too. And he's not mad at you and he doesn't want to punish you. He's inviting you this morning to meet him again fresh. And what I want to do in the next couple of minutes is I just want to pray with you. And I want to, I want to walk you through how I pray and how I meet God. And, and in this moment, if you'll just follow me as I pray, you're going to absolutely meet God. So here's what I do when I pray, okay? It helps me slow my mind down. Just close your eyes and let's pray together. Lord Jesus, 
I come today to meet with you. I push out of my mind all the things that I had hoped to finish this week and I didn't get done. And I push out of my mind all the things that I'm supposed to have solved for this upcoming week. And Lord, just the um, tornado of information blowing through my mind, the responsibilities and the weight that I feel, God, I just push them out of the way right now because they're, they're, they're separating me from you. Lord, the responsibilities I have with my family and with my job, Lord, I push those out of the way right now. Today I come to meet with you. So today I come to sit with you. I come to stand with you. I come to walk with you. Lord, I'm here today to hear your voice. And I'm here today to feel your heart. God, I pray you'd speak truth to me today. And Lord, I pray you'd allow me just to connect with you in these few minutes. So if you're praying that prayer wherever you are, would you just reach out now and just connect with him? He's there. He's right there. God, I want to meet you today so that I might know you. Help me to know you today. In Jesus' name. Amen. You can absolutely pray that way every day. That's how I pray. And God is as close as your own whisper. I want to thank you for joining us for Kingwood Church Online this morning. We have one more song about the goodness of God that we want to share with you. Before we do that, I want to give you an opportunity to give. Now, I know it's difficult to talk about giving at a time like this. It's difficult for me. The pastor, pastor part of me says, I don't really want to talk about giving right now because I know a lot of people are hurting. But the faith part of me says we have to talk about giving now. You may know the way the uh, American economy works is off consumer confidence. In other words, the more confident we consumers are, the more likely we are to spend money. The more confident we are that we're going to have more money after we spend this money, the more likely we are to spend it. That's the way the um, American economy works, and we're all part of it. But God's economy works a totally different way. It doesn't work off consumer confidence it works off God confidence. In other words, how confident am I when I give this money that God's going to provide more for me? So this is absolutely a time, I believe, in faith that we should be giving because it'll stretch our faith and show us that we are confident in God. So when, when you give, it's absolutely an act of faith, and you're actually saying a couple things. One is you're saying... Actually, what happens to me is not all up to me. It's also up to God what happens to me. So I'm going to continue to put him first because I believe what happens to me is up to God. So I'm going to put him first. The, the other thing that we do when we give is we say, I'm going to refuse to be centered in fear. I'm going to defeat the fear in my life by showing my faith in God and saying, God, I'm going to give to you even now. Now, what's great about God is... He only asks you to give out of what you have. He doesn't ask you to give out of what you don't have. And so many of you have been so generous, and I want to thank you for the bottom of my heart. We, at this moment in time, have been able to reach thousands of people, and many of them we've never had any contact with before this, this moment in history. So thank you for giving. Your giving is making a bigger difference than you can imagine. Before we leave, we're going to just share one more song with you, and it's about... The goodness.